Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Can't see Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan asking the questions that matter. Like, when did you realize there was no farm for your old dog? That's not where it was going at all. Your dog was no more among the living. All right? That's the question I have. We'll probably talk about other sportsy things in just one second as well. But 877-881-1053, that's one of the questions we're starting off with. We got me, Kevin Hagland, Corey Majors, and Alec Medford as Mike has now taken his retaliatory day off. Is that what Because I took the day off yesterday. I do believe that's in his contract where he... Nobody could ever have a day off if he does not get one off yeah. very close to that time. Yeah. yeah. And so, and that's why usually if he takes the week off before us, it's okay with him. He's like, Oh, it's fine. If yeah. y'all take the week off. Exactly. Uh, exactly. There was one day it was like, Hey, I'm off tomorrow. Like we were on air and he was like, hold on. What? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm, I, we've known about this for a while. And he was like, I didn't know about this. I mean, I think I think part of the reason is sometimes Mike just takes days off and doesn't feel the need to share. Like, I think about years ago when he was still on the G-Bag Nation and they were asking, like, who's working on Christmas Eve and who's not? And he just looked at everyone. He's like, well, I'm not working. It's a holiday. And they're like, oh, okay. Did you tell everybody? No, it's a holiday. Why would I work? And we're like, this is an adult business. You have to let people know. You just need to let somebody know that you're not going to be there. Uh, And yes, Kevin, he did not have a rehab day. Uh, There were people asking yesterday. Kevin, I'll be very honest. Oh, no. We we didn't really acknowledge very often that you weren't with us yesterday. I just, we did the show uh, the way we do and then kept your drug addiction out of the whole conversation. No, that is not. I just took a day off to spend with the wife and the kiddo because we're going to be out of town next week. Simple as that. All right. I do have a sports question here as well. Although, if you want to talk more about learning the cold, hard facts about your dog, that's fine as well. It could be for the better. It could be for the worse. Which Cowboys were you wrong about this season? 877-881-1053. Let us know about that. Or you can still talk about the dog thing. Um, <laughs> no, not after that text. Uh, I don't think I was wrong about any of them. I was right about every single one of them this year. You were right about Brandon Aubrey and Deron Bland. Yeah, I saw Brandon Aubrey kick, and I was like, uh-huh. he'll be all right. You saw that? He'll be just fine. And you're like, he's going to be just fine. Um, no, yeah. I, I mean, I was right about Brian Hanger. 
Mm-hmm. I, I guess I was wrong about Tony Pollard because it never developed. And and what I mean here is like I I figured early in the season I felt I felt he was coming back too early. I thought Terrence Steele was coming back too early, um, and that they still needed some time to work it out. That being said, at some point in the middle of the season, I was like, okay, there's Tony Pollard, and the run game still never got going, and I still have lots of problems with the offensive line. Hopefully, we find a new center this offseason, uh, and that's kind of where I where I feel about it. But Tony Pollard never turned back into the blow-it-away, run-away-from-everybody uh, running back that we'd seen in, the, in, in previous years. All right, so... You did much better than I did because I had a list of nine Cowboys that I was wrong about. Some for the good, some for the bad. Do you want to know the ones that were better than I thought or the ones that were worse? Let's go with the worst. All right. You mentioned Tony Pollard. That for sure. I thought he was going to be like, hey, I got a franchise tag, but I still want to make all of the money on my long-term deal, so let's make this happen. And it didn't happen. So... I was definitely wrong about Tony Pollard. He was worse than I thought. Same thing with Jalen Tolbert. All right. Last year, I didn't buy into it. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. This year, I believed in the Jalen Tolbert fever and enthusiasm. Everyone's like, oh, they're using him more. The routes look better. The connection is there with Dak and on and on and on. And then he caught 22 passes for 268 yards. And I kept waiting. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Like, you saw him in spots. You're like, oh, yeah, that was a good catcher. That was a good route or whatever. But I thought he was going to be a bigger deal to make the decision to move on from Michael Gallup super easy. And you might think that decision's super easy to make anyway. But I was thinking, like, Jalen Tolbert would ascend to, like, what people hoped Michael Gallup would be able to do. He did not. So I was wrong about that. And then two more, Deuce Vaughn and Mozzie Smith. Deuce Vaughn was the Cavante Turpin of the year before in terms of, we got all these big plans, and we're going to do all this and that. And then we actually used him very, very sparingly. And then Mozzie Smith, I was wrong just in terms of, I thought, well, surely a first-round pick at a position you could use would be able to get off the bench. Yeah. Um, I'm, let me hit Vaughn real quick. I, I didn't think you were going to get anything out of him this year, and you got an awesome touchdown run out of him in the preseason. So Yeah, you did. I I guess I was wrong about that. Uh, but, no, I you got exactly what I was expecting you to get out of Deuce Vaughn for the simple fact that he's a rookie, uh, a low draft pick, and it was gonna I felt it was going to take time for the Cowboys to say, hey, this actually could be beneficial to us. He, he understands everything. Mozzie I was definitely wrong about. And in terms of, I thought by the end of the season, he would add something to his plate. And that plate's still empty for me. So being able to control the middle of the offensive line, that's what I want to see from our two defensive tackles. And he didn't control it. And he was still slow to get off the snap. And he was still, you know, a little behind on some of the physicality that I expected. He's strong. He should be able to handle grown men right now in that area, and he it didn't work out the way that I thought it would. From the 214-972, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, I thought he would blow up, and it didn't happen. From the 817, somebody was with me. Deuce. From the 682, now we go to the ones that were better than I thought. I was definitely wrong about Tyron Smith. 
I thought he'd never play as many games as he did this last year. Tyron Smith is at the top of my list of players that I was wrong about. And this one was for the better. Tyron Smith played more and played better than I would have anticipated. And you might think those things kind of go hand in hand because it felt like a lot of times Tyron Smith was out there. You felt like, oh, yeah, no, he's still good. But he played way more games than I conceivably imagined. And he was a steady presence out there. So I was wrong about him. I think Mike would take that loss as well. Yeah, um, I think, I guess he was as good as I expected him to be when he was playing. I think he played more games than I even anticipated he would play. So I'll be, I'll take the the hit on being wrong about how many games I expected him to play. Cause I expected him probably about seven. I was like, they'll, they'll have to baby it. They'll have to do a lot of different things. Seven games is what I expect. So he played more, but at the level, he still has the footwork to go along with it. And he still has, he still has the knowledge and the ability. It's just whether or not he can be on the field. The, can I add two people that I was very right about? Can we do this? Or are we not? Is oh, that, can I, yeah. Is that, can I, man, this? that's the dichotomy of the show right here. <laughs> here are all the people I was wrong about. Corey's like, that's great. Here is who I was totally right. about. Yeah. Cause I think people are saying they were wrong about the safeties being good. And Jaron Kerr struggled this year. He, he was, there are plenty of times where you can go to some of the film and be like, what was he doing? And on on the day uh, when we played Seattle, Donovan Wilson, you were like, "What was he doing on that uh, on that D- DK Metcalf touchdown? What just happened?" Uh, from the nine four zero, I didn't see Ferguson balling this year like he did uh, as a second round pick, and everybody was very concerned about the offseason, Kevin with Dalton Schultz. A lot of people were concerned about it. We were not. I don't yep. think any of us really were. And I think, I'll, you know what? I'll credit Zach Wolchuk a lot more for that, too, because his rookie season, Zach Wolchuk was saying he's going to be a better pass catcher than people think. And so I just trusted that and trusted kind of what I'd seen of him throughout the year before. You're smart to trust and, Wolchuk. And he turned out to be better. But I think there were a lot of people that were like, you know what? I'm, I'm dead. I was dead on. But Malik Hooker, he didn't stand out to you this year, did he? I think yeah. we. I think everybody. Everybody can take a, a. I was wrong on the safeties and just anticipating that they would be what they were, and because I, you know how Kevin, you expect something to just always be there. Like I think the Cowboys just expect that Zach Martin will always be there, and I think you can just expect and anticipate that when he's that when he's signed and contracted and ready to go, his, his he's going to be consistently there and good. And I think we expected that out of the safeties, and it didn't happen this year. This one is really interesting because this just shows the polarizing nature you have of the quarterback from the 214. I was right about Dak. I predicted an MVP season. And as we've discussed ad nauseum here, he'll probably finish second or third. But I also feel like the people who don't love Dak can be like, I was also right about Dak. And that's what leads to some of these maddening uh, discussions. How many people were wrong about Michael Gallup this year? Because you brought up Jalen yeah. Tolbert in the moving on process, and there were some people that were still fighting for Gallup, and this the production just was non-existent. And and that's where I think that that's where the factored into me being wrong about Jalen Tolbert is. I did kind of anticipate this, I, and I know, and that's the tough thing about training camp. But we've talked about some of the issues with training camp going forward with the struggles that the Cowboys have had. Is you heard oh. Jalen Tolbert looks good. He's going to make more of an impact, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really happen. Oh, Michael Gallup looks 
He looks back in terms of mentally and physically. He looks like he's ready to go and he has more confidence and everything like that. And it just didn't transpire that he ended up being an impact player. Now, I realize part of that is because C.D. Lamb started to take over the world. But part of it is just, I think Michael Gallup has just slotted where he is. And that will probably lead to his departure, I would assume. And so when the question is, did Gallup disappear? He did. That's something I thought might happen. On the flip side, I did not see... Oso Diggy Zuwa's continued ascendance. Like, he ascended more than I thought he would this year, especially in the earlier stages of the year. Because Deron Bland and Brandon Aubrey, I think, are no-brainers for a lot of people. It's like, holy crap, they were better than I thought. But Oso Diggy Zuwa, I think, has been was better this season than I anticipated. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's and that's that's a that's a bonus right there because like I'm not saying that he's John Randall, but like that's no. that's the kind of stuff no. from the interior that you're he's undersized in that area. Uh, he's like 280 pounds, and so you're expecting a faster, uh, quicker guy that's going to be able to get you know to the quarterback a lot. And for the most part, you know his season did he, how many sacks did he end up having? Three sacks this year. I would like to see more than that for sure, especially if you're going to have that divisive of a uh, a, a running stop, a rush stop. So that was one of the things that I was kind of concerned about is, man, like I, I need more production there, but there are some big plays that he is involved in and helps create pushing guy, pushing the quarterback to somebody else because of the pressure he's getting as well. We were so close, Corey. We were so close from the 817. Common ground found. We're all right about Dak within five seconds of the 214. Stick! To the facts about Dak, and it's easy to say who's right. He didn't win big games in the regular season, and in most of them, he played bad. That's not MVP. All right. If you want me to stick to the facts about Dak, I definitely can. But one of the facts is he's going to finish second or third for MVP. Like, you don't have to like it. I don't know what to tell you about that, but that's where I think maybe common ground. Everyone can be right and everyone can be wrong about Dak all of the time. I'm not trying to change your opinion, but just when you defiantly say stick to the facts, he is going to finish second or third for MVP. Are you going to be like, wow, that's great? Probably not. Uh, high five. Good job. It's a great you know thing, but much like we talk about with Troy Aikman, none of those things mattered to him the yes. except for championships. So. Now, We're at that point now. Corey. This, if you're about to name the name, I think you're about to name. I think everybody missed on this guy. Oh, from the 214. What do y'all think about Sam Williams' regression? He was trending up us, last year. All of us. We all thought we were going to get a uh, better. Like, they're going to use him more. He's going to get in. He's going to. Dude, this dude could be Micah 2.0, just bigger. And you got still had knucklehead plays where you're just like, what are you thinking, man? And I feel bad for him in that respect because maybe he just still doesn't know. And the aggressive part of him is like, but you cost your team a lot of penalty yards on plays or you didn't have to do stuff like that. But he still shows that he's one of the freakiest athletes out there, man. Now, Corey, this is the tough part of the conversation. How much blame do we have to take for his lack of progression or regression? Because we had so much fun interviewing him, and apparently it disrupted the press conference. And we had people telling us to stop having so much fun on the radio 
do we take some blame for encouraging his nonsense and shenanigans? Um, man, that's a tough question. I think we because do. the people that so. asked us to pipe down are just kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I disagree with them on some things. Okay, uh, what a felt, diplomatic way to felt say. Felt like that. in that instance he was being a little bit of a snowflake, but I like I understand that the. But yeah, man. So I I feel like uh, I feel like we did have a little bit to do with it because he was like, "Those guys are fun, and I can have some fun being me." And he just wants to be him. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, Rangers fans, no need for panic, right? Plus, this Fox Sports writer is the hero that we all need. Let's talk about it next right here in the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Got Ross Tucker coming up at 11 o'clock, but right now... Who's the defending World Series champions? It's your Texas Rangers, ladies and gentlemen. They won the whole damn thing. Mm. So let's keep that in mind. We don't we don't need to panic, right, about Corey Seager. So the Rangers said yesterday that Corey Seager will miss most, if not all, of spring training after having to repair a left sports hernia. Now, a couple of things here, and I didn't look it up. So if your answer is to Google it, that's fair. But I didn't do this. What's the difference between a regular hernia and a sports hernia? But also, are you concerned at all about this? Or are you like, no, dude, it's Corey Seager. He'll probably be ready. The hope is that he'll be ready for opening day. He'll be fine. I got some concerns about it. Oh, no. So, it, I mean, it took this long for them. They said, we're going to let you rest it off, and hopefully it's just inflammation. Here's some Tylenol and Advil and I and, uh, Aleve. Maybe we can get the inflammation down, do some stretching, and uh, and we'll be back at, at it. This is where the abdominals and adductors attach to the pubic bone. Oh, my. Uh, traditional hernias occur in the inguinal canal. Uh, so it's a different area. <laughs> okay. And so this is so this area right here, though, for for me is a bit of a concern because of the type of swinger he is. He, oh, Kevin, don't do that. I literally We're trying to have said a real nothing. sports conversation. I can see your face. Um, the way he rotates his hips, the way he rotates his foot. The, and how violent he swings and how aggressive of a swinger he is. I just don't, I don't know if 
it feel like that's going to happen again. Um, and so I think he needs to recover from the surgery as much as possible. We do not need to rush him back fast by any means. Okay, which leads me to, I hate this text. I love everyone getting involved on the truckwreck.com text line, but I hate this text. He'll be locked in around July. All right, we have too many players already who are probably going to be ready around July. I don't need another one. And I don't believe that's the case because Chris Young said he's hopeful that Corey will be ready for opening day and expressed that his overall concern is very low. So I just, I don't need more people locked in by July. That's probably when you'll get at least one of your pitchers back. Uh-huh. I, we need we need more people ready to go earlier. And yes, from the uh, 972, Nuprin, little, yellow, different. different. That's a possibility as well. Like that, that could be something that he could take. But I don't even know if I expect him to be locked in by July. I expect this to be something that could be a problem for him all year. Now, what? does that mean he's going to miss 100 games? I don't think so. I mean, he fought, again, he battled through this and hit home runs in the World Series. It was sometime in the playoffs that it happened. I, be- I, I believe there was a time we saw him wince and we were like, oh, crap. So, like, I believe it was some it was sometime late in the in the playoffs. And again, it goes to the violent swing and everything. I feel like it's going to nag him, but it, the biggest fear for me is reaggravating it so much that it becomes something problematic that he's out for the season. So, just monitoring it and sticking around it. Rangers have a really good staff to take care of that. So, when my question was, no need to panic, right? You've decided to counterbalance the scale and With be panic, like, yeah. hey. You probably should panic at least a little bit, if not more. The Yes. Well, I mean, the Rangers will probably like sub, subdue that a little at spring training and be like, look, everything's fine. But you just don't know. And, I, and somebody said he misses games anyway. He'll be fine. That is true. And Mike and I were kind of discussing, not this yesterday, but, hey, if you're going to have a, uh, let's say, if you're going to have um, four outfielders, is Duran an option at DH? And I said, well, Duran is also one of your backup infielders too. So having his bat on plate is really important. Having him around is really important because Seager's going to miss time. So you have him as an option for that. Plus, I'm probably about two to three minutes away from trading him. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to, and I mean that So we're going to have Josh Smith replace Seager for the entire season? I mean that literally in real time. So just... One second on that. Oh, my God. From the 972, can I get one of these golfing new fear unlocked? Thanks. All right. So that new fear is developed. We're going to stop an old fear right here from the 315. Are we getting Adolis Garcia signed? Okay. Fear not. Adolis Garcia is not going anywhere. He's part of your team. They are just discussing, negotiating, if you will, the difference in the amount of money. He wants $6.9 million because that's a sexier number than $5 million, which is what the Rangers want to pay him. They may go to arbitration, but then again, I don't think the Rangers have gone to arbitration in like 18 years with a player. So they could still theoretically get it figured out. But Adolis Garcia is still under the control of the Rangers for the next three years, if that is what they want. And there's no part of me that believes that is not what they want. So that'll get worked out. Don't worry. Adolis Garcia is not going anywhere. Can I uh, can I add to that just a little bit? Because, Kevin, I texted you something last night, and I wanted to kind of read my text a little bit, if that's okay. Okay, sure. Because I watched a highlight video of 
his 10 best home run moments from last year. And this, these were my thoughts. After watching these moments, I feel like the Rangers have to have him back. I was on the fence. I was like, you could trade him. You could move on. We have White Langford. You're fine there. But I feel like they have to have him back. The team is a bunch of really good players, like really good players. Corey Seager's MVP caliber player. While Evan Carter could be rookie of the year. White Langford could be rookie of the year. Yes. Really good players. But he is the sizzle. He's the attitude, and he can rile up opponents, and it allows everybody else on the team to fly under the emotional radar. And that's where I feel like the Rangers have to find that number to ensure that he's back. I, I was like, look, I don't need that, but he's the one guy. He's the one guy on the roster that can do that and backs it all up while everybody else can just be even keel, whatever they are, and nobody gets upset except for maybe with the Houston situation. Nobody gets too mad about his emotions within the game. Now, I told you we're about two to three minutes away from this, and so here we go. Is this Fox Sports writer... Jordan Schusterman, the hero that we all need. Because he put out an article about nine trades that would be win-win for Major League Baseball. And you look through it, and you scroll, and you scroll, and you scroll. The Texas Rangers acquire Manuel Classe from the Guardians for Leo Tavares and Ezekiel Durant. Huh. All right, I'm going to need everybody real quick to put aside the fact that you already had Emmanuel Classe and you traded him away. I hear you. That was a bad move. That did not work out for the Rangers at all. Try not to let that cloud your judgment on getting him back. What did I tell you before the show, Corey? I could not say yes fast enough to this deal. I would have to pretend like, oh, well, I, hmm, I will begrudgingly accept your offer. I would be all about this because of a variety of reasons. I understand why this would work for the Guardians. Leonid Tavares has proven that he can be a quality player, a starter on a championship team. You just saw that. Ezekiel Duran can be a valuable piece, whether or not you think that's a starter as a super utility, whatever the case might be. That's that's the interest right there. But the Rangers have made some bullpen moves, and in Emmanuel Classe, you have what you hope is a world-class A closer. And no, you this... didn't. It, Alec, Are we? do we let him get away with that? Was I that didn't draw attention to it. That I just moved on. A world-class A closer? I Come on. 30 minutes into the show, man. Gosh. I thought that was not bad. All right. So he did not have, by his standards, his best season. This last year, and we can dive into that in just one second. Okay. The two seasons before that, he looked absolutely dominant. And one of the things that is so appealing about Classe is you look at his salary the next three years. You would have him under your control for the next three years at about a total of $14.5 million, I believe. And you're like, great. We just paid somebody 10 to $11 million per year that we're thinking in Robertson is probably more like an eighth inning guy or something like that. So if you could pick up class a under team control for the next three years, and then you have a club option, the two years after that, where you would theoretically hope maybe your closer spot is locked up for the next five years. Why did they trade him away to begin with? Well, that's a fair question, but I probably won't answer that right here. Uh, somebody from 
on the Twitch said, "Hey Corey, looking cute today. I appreciate that." Oh my goodness! Uh, thank you very much. Read their username. Um, nope. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I can do that. I feel like I can't read that uh, username. Your anti gardening tools. <laughs> um, oh, and there's 55 of them. Uh, I get it. The Class A's 12 blown saves concern me. Fair. Because, like, that's that's kind of like, where was Will Smith at 17 last year? And I don't know what the number was. Okay. It felt like 17. And so we that were concerned about that. that the 44 saves is great. Yeah. The 42 the year before, fantastic. You got to love you gotta love seeing that as well. I, I have some concerns about the blown saves. And, again, the depth and talent now you've made and on the rest of your roster you've made yourself less talented by taking Tavares out of your outfield and out of your options and taking Duran who was we were discussing as a potentially all-star hitter last year going into the all-star game now did it fall off in the back half of the season absolutely he started chasing everything outside he's become more like Evan Carter if he's more like Evan Carter this dude's he's going to be a, a very tradable commodity on his own because the one thing that the rest of baseball knows is that he will chase outside. Uh, he will chase low and away, and you can keep you, you keep doing that. You're going to be a, it's a problem. But whenever he's locked in, he can hit. So I think he can be a tradable piece by himself. I think taking those two away, you 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 limit yourself. Now, having a closer, having a bunch of different guys, Rangers proved last year that they can get a win a World Series. With a bunch of dudes in the bullpen. No, you're definitely right about that. And one of the other issues is your bullpen would remain really right-hand heavy. And that's definitely a concern. I would just love it if you didn't have to deal with the drama leading into the playoffs. You're right. I wouldn't trade last season for anything because you won the World Series. Your bullpen was even mediocre last year. You'd have won this division by 10 games. Now, does that mean they wouldn't have all... You know, who been, cares about winning division or being second place in the hey, entire uh, conference? It doesn't matter. All that matters is the postseason, Kevin. That's a fair point. Now, other regular people, season doesn't matter. Other people will tell you it's important to be around the basket, and I hear that. But I hanging would just around say, the rim. what if you could keep the same postseason awesomeness, but also just run away with the division? I, I'm super excited about that prospect. You're right. They won the World Series last year, so I'm not going to go back and say any of that was a mistake. But I also don't know if you can follow that exact template. You, I don't think most teams are going to be like, hey, let's play terrible at the end of the season. That'll spark our run. And I totally get like what you're doing. You want to be better in that area. I get it. I totally get that part. I don't love the idea of making yourself weaker in a certain area. But because Wyatt Langford, we expect it's going to be great. And mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to saying hi to him on Saturday. Um, are you going to be there? That's my plan. You you told me the other day. You're like you have to be there, and I was like, all right, man, that's what I'll do. Um, the because you got to get him out there. That's yeah. what, I, what I was told. But why? I don't. But I still have a lot of questions about him making it through 162. I know you have that Jankowski very as as an option as well. You have lots of different options, and maybe the Jankowski signing does work as an option for moving on from Tavares, but. You're saying no to this deal is what I'm hearing. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm saying I'm saying Chris Young gets to decide. I'm presenting my side of their hey, let's before we move, let's make sure we're all okay with this first. 
So I, I, I'm going to let him make the decision on something like that, though. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Baseball Buckets with Corey Majors. Oh, my gosh. The Orioles are what? Next on The Fan. I'm having a hard time with the Twitch now, trying to figure out if the cute thing is good or if there's something else. Cause like, Why would that not be good? Because then, okay, so 55 hoes said I look cute. All right. You guys are like, y'all should say the name out loud. Um, and then somebody said, uh, how much do you pay them to say that? And somebody said, Corey definitely looks way more butch than I imagined on the radio. <laughs> and he's still my favorite personality on the show, but all of you are my family. Love it. And then Ollie Cowboy said he, de- he identifies as cute. And so that's nice. Is cute. Is there something I'm missing here? Like I'm, I'm trying to like if my wife says I'm looking cute today, then I feel like that's compliment from her. But does cute? Do I need to go look up Urban Dictionary? Cute. I'm on it. Okay, thank you, Kevin. I Hearing mean, crosstalk almost turned into something way different than it was supposed <laughs> to be because of Urban Dictionary. Appealing in a pretty or endearing way. Oh, oh, this one is not as positive. Clever or cunning, especially in a self-seeking or superficial way. But the second one is positive as well. All right. That being said, somebody asked who the backup shortstop is. And I really don't have an answer for you that right now other than Josh Smith. Uh, but And maybe if you need to do it for a while, move Simeon over there to shortstop and let Josh Smith take it. But, again, that's where Ezekiel Duran comes into play. And Justin Foskey. You can- so, yeah, that, that was a – I love that thought. Because you got to figure out what Justin Foscue is. Is he tradable? Can anybody? Does he have a position at all? He doesn't have a position with the Rangers. So does he have a, a real position other than DH? And he's so young, you don't want to just DH him. Sure. And quite honestly, his power numbers and uh, the minors are not showing me anything that says I need him to come out here and be my power hitting DH. I would rather have somebody else in that spot. So it's kind of a different way that that I'm looking at that. But there's lots of options with the Corey Seager injury. Chris Young, man, I'm, him and Boach, they'll make a very good decision. I, I, I have really no trust. Doubt about that either. And that's something that that's something that we, good God, we haven't had that trust in baseball for a long time around here. The decision makers up top, and it's it feels so good. Or football. Oh man, or basketball. This is baseball buckets with oh, Corey okay. Majors, the original baseball segment on the fan. And I saw this yesterday, Kevin. Potential surprise stars in every division, okay? Okay. Now, I don't really care about all the other divisions that much, but if you want to want to hear a little bit, the AL Focus Central. Focus on the AL West. Riley Green. You just told me you didn't care. Good. All right. In the AL West, they have Evan Carter asking if he can make the leap to superstardom in 2024. And this is so insane to me because... I think he can. We already saw stardom in the playoffs last year. Like he made his he made his statement, I have arrived and I'm never going back to the minor leagues last year. It would take a collapse of epic proportion right. for him to fall. But it doesn't take that much more, in my mind, for him to jump to superstardom. Because everybody already understands that this dude is going to he can hit at the pro level and he can field at the pro level. One of the things that he's got a 
a mediocre arm. He's got out of all the outfielders, he's got the lesser arm. Tavares has a great arm. Adolis has a phenomenal arm, and Wyatt Langford has a, a plus arm as well. Jankowski has a, a decent arm, but Evan Carter's arm is is good. It's it's a good arm, but everything else about Evan Carter is really good. the The one thing that I think can help him be there in that superstardom area because there's a uh, jumping to to Mike Trout kind of discussion. I know Mike Trout's numbers were insane, but jumping into those kind of categories, even a a Corey Seager category, power is going to be a a, a factor. That's going to be a question. Can he can he be a guy that hits for power? Can you hit both pitchers? That's another factor that we might or might not learn. One of the suggestions Mike had yesterday with Wyatt Langford was maybe Wyatt Langford, maybe uh, Evan Carter never hits against lefties this year. Maybe Bochy just says, "Look, we'll develop that later on," but this year. We're just you're taking the day off every time it's time for lefty and Wyatt Langford will hit against those guys and we'll rotate all those out. And Kevin, we did look up to in the 2010 season, San Francisco did have a four man outfield of players that uh, outfielders that played at least 96 games. So they were rotating okay. all season long. Don't get too concerned about that in my mind because Bochi isn't like, look, I'm locked into one thing. I got to get guys rest. I got to keep them confident. There's lots of things that we'll we'll have to navigate through the season. I got to tell you, I'm really intrigued to give Evan Carter his shot at left-handed pitching because we had a lovely interview with him a couple weeks ago. But the one thing you could tell bothered him when we talked about his struggles against left-handers, he's like a small sample size. But if you look down at the minors, there is a definitive split between how he hits versus right and left-handed pitching. So if, if that's such a big issue for him, I would love to see him get that shot and then go from there. The But the the power, I think, is a, a big factor for like the national stuff. Sure. But to be in that conversation at all, I think Evan Carter has to do one thing. Do exactly what he was doing last year. Three-two counts. Work, work yeah. the pitcher's count, make it favorable to you. The thing that that dude has over everybody is he understands how to force a pitcher to give him something he can hit or walk him. And him being on base is the most important part. Him being at first base and the ability to steal, the ability to use his speed, huge. So he understands, how am I going to get there? I need three balls to get there and then the fourth one to, be, to go through. If I have the 3-2 count situation... It's got to be a great pitch for me. And it's going to be, if it's a great pitch for me, I'm hitting the crap out of it. Otherwise, I'm on first base. But he did such a good job last year of forcing pitchers to his comfort zone. Yeah. And he never got out of it. Now, that's difficult in 162 to stay focused because he had a short stretch last year where he was like, all right, regular season focus. And then he gets to the playoffs and everything's heightened. But whenever you're at that point, Kevin, of. I have 162 games, maybe 130. Let's say it's 130 games, 120 games he plays this year. Every day I have to get up to the plate and be patient enough to make them pitch to me. Sometimes you get a little into a little slump where maybe you haven't hit for two days. And that's not, and now you're like going out of your comfort zone. As long as he stays consistent in that area, his numbers will be up to a point where I think people are going to be like, oh my gosh. Like this dude's just always on base. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting you know hard singles. He's got a good number of maybe fifteen home runs at that point. 
And that's going to be the thing that starts elevating. And look, he's only this, you know, he's this young. He's still so young. He's going to jump into that superstardom. The other, the other person that was on this uh, on this list from the AOS, Kevin, Jeremy Pena from the Astros, George Kirby from the Mariners, Shea Langliers from uh, the A's, and Josh Young. And that's my question on Josh Young is, do you expect him to be a superstar? Like, do you ever expect superstardom from Josh Young? Because I feel like him getting into the 42 home run range is the thing that a third baseman like him would have to do. Oh my gosh! Then no, I do not see him getting to that level. Okay, I don't. You can I see you can see him getting to thirty something yeah. home runs a year, and I don't think forty is necessary for superstardom. But if we're going off of that, then I do not think that he makes it there. Mm-hmm. But if you're just saying, hey, he continues to get better defensively, he continues to potentially be in the middle of the lineup for a perpetually good team and hits thirty home runs in a year, I think he could be. And I don't know if that counts as superstar. A big deal. From the 214, he took a lot of dumb strikes, though, don't you think? He doesn't think that. Every every time, dude. Right. I get what that person is saying. I'm totally with. No, and I think a lot of the times Evan Carter is like, oh, hold on. Are they saying the dumb strike was that the umpire called it and it was dumb? No, I think they were saying he should have swung at some things. But he determines, and he told us, he'll look back sometimes and be like, I had that one down. And to the right, which I don't know if umpires appreciate that level of feedback. Maybe they love it. I I think it was, Kevin, you know how sometimes you make a face that makes people want to punch you? Yes. Okay. That's the, he, oh, yeah. he does make that face. I think he needs to work on that just a little bit. Or maybe he is just dictating to the umpire. This is what it's going to be. Maybe that's just the way that it's going to work out. That, that being said, we're very fortunate that we have... Evan Carter, we're feeling very comfortable. Josh Young in that conversation already. And I mean, Jonah Heim underappreciated, obviously, at that position. And then also Wyatt Langford coming up. There's a lot of young talent on this team right now. Not can't, That can't be said about the Mavericks for sure. All right. Um, what is going out Man, of my way to you run? really? Yeah, you really did take on the Mike Bassick persona right there where you're like, hey, we're going to be talking about baseball. We need to have a random <laughs> drive by against the Mavs. Yeah, I mean, well, I want them to be better. I want them to be great. Fair. And they're just like, well, we got a lot of young talent. And you're like, there's a lot of older players on this team. Something big happened yesterday, too, Kevin. Orioles ownership is finally changing hands. And this was kind of a bombshell yesterday. Team chair and CEO John Angelos has agreed to sell the Orioles to private equity billionaire David Rubenstein in a deal valuing the club at $1.725 billion. And that the timetable is kind of unclear right now, but MLB owners are going to be debriefed on this next week in Orlando. And uh, this is a Baltimore native estimated worth is like $4.6 billion right there. That'll work. And this is a guy also a family in the Angelos that hated Baltimore and hated the Baltimore Orioles. It felt like the entire time. Well, then they picked a different direction to go because apparently also included in the ownership group is Cal Ripken Jr. Bam. Now, I mean, Look, that means they're going to be in. Yes, I, I did see that part too. Very, I think there's a huge move right there. There's no better way to get the people of Baltimore on your side than to A, have Cal Ripken Jr., or B, talk about the wire. All right? Those are the two ways to get it done. This feels like a more logical way to speak to everybody all at the same time because people will have different opinions about the wire. So you're just like, hey, 
Cal Ripken Jr. is part of our group. And you're like, all right, you know what? I accept. From the 214, Mason Rudolph, most punchable face right after Altuve. So those are two interesting punchable faces. I appreciate that content Ooh, right there. That feels like a future topic. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 